Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said... Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. And then Jesus took a little child whom he placed among them. And taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome, what? Something doesn't look right. Oh yeah, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Sorry, that's right. Got the right version. Don't freak out anybody. Listen to these words, Matthew 18. He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. He said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, and the way he always did, turns thinking upside down, attacks fallen culture, and the kingdom of heaven completely counters so much of what our fallen world has created. Jesus is talking to people who even in his references here have adopted a mentality that kids, children, they're just not as valuable. Let's wait and see on them. It's kids should be seen and not heard on steroids. In that day. And Jesus begins to introduce how the kingdom of God and the people of God should view those who, he says, the lowly position of this child should be treated in our culture. Jesus uses them actually as a way for us to understand our own spiritual life. The dependence that my kids have on me, specifically Selah, Colby. Like they don't eat, they don't have shelter, they depend on me for everything. In fact, Selah yesterday made a comment like, Wow, what if we didn't have a house in that storm? Like it's just hitting her like, you know, like. So Jesus uses children as a way to help us understand our own relationship with the Father. It should be one of complete and utter dependence. But one of complete and utter faith and confidence. Selah does not worry about what she's eating for lunch. She doesn't have anxiety about that. 
doesn't even cross her mind. You know why? Because we've always had a meal in front of her. We've always provided for her. She's not uncertain about, is she going to have shelter from the rain? Or she has clothes on her back. She knows. Because we've, as an earthly father, have always provided those things. We'll continue to always do that. How much more would the heavenly father be able to provide for you and I in all of our lives? But here's this interesting verse. I only have three more minutes, okay? So you guys are shocked. Here's another thing you need to understand about kids in the kingdom. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place their hands on them and pray for them. Listen to this phrase. But the disciples rebuked him, right? It's ingrained in that culture. Kids are just not as valuable. Like they're wasting his time. Let's move on to the more important things, right? You're cluttering up his schedule. He's got things to teach and people to heal. and Just back off, guys. Jesus said, no, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And when he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. He blesses them. There's a whole interesting side trail from this that I challenge you maybe this week to look into but blessing that happened from a priest in that day Jesus turns that upside down as he's even touching and handling and hugging kids the kingdom is totally revolutionary it's taking us back to the idea that kids matter kids are important and it answers, it begins to answer this question for us as a church, as NAPNAS. Why in the world do you spend considerable time and resources worrying about kids? I'll tell you why. God himself has always known this. We've gotten better at data and research and figuring this out. The age people who follow Christ find Christ. Look at this. 86% of Christ followers came to Christ before the age of 15. 86%. Another 10% of 15 to 30. I'm a 10%er. I'm not a 1%er. It's a joke. Never mind. Some of you may don't know what I'm talking about. 30 or older, only 4% of those who follow Christ came to Christ after they were 30. You know why kids' ministry is valuable? Because teaching our kids the foundational truths, the worldview of God and in Christ, His love for us, it is core to them being able to navigate a fallen, sinful world and not being lost, swept away, shipwrecked. And early they come to these foundational truths. Why is it important? Look at this, even in our church. 30% of our budget 
is dedicated to kids' ministry. The disciples rebuked him and said, hey, it's a waste of time. Like, don't do that. Like, move on to the more important things. Jesus says, whoa, whoa, whoa. And as a church, we're trying to model that. 30% of our budget is designated to kids. Actually, 48% of our volunteer hours in a year are kids' ministry. We all know this, right? Kids... I'm learning this. Kids cost more as they get older. And that's mirrored in the church. Like kids over there don't cost a lot, but it demands a lot of time and energy and effort, doesn't it? It's the same with your kids. Like I always kind of smirked when people are like, I don't know if I can afford to have little kids right now. I'm like, why? They hardly eat anything. Their clothes are cheap. It's now that it's hitting me like a sledgehammer. And now there's, not one, but two, but three, four, and Colby, five. They all want adult meals at the restaurant. And I'm like, a hundred bucks? You know? And that mirrors what kids, they don't cost a lot. That's why we're at 30%, which I think is a great number. But they demand a lot of our time. That's, that's, that's the premium with kids. Is are you willing to mentor, to volunteer your time, your wisdom, your teaching ability, your care, your compassion? That's what they so desperately need. And so this month, as we've taken time to talk about ministry focus, last week we kind of introduced the idea of the importance of teaching our kids early, and we are we are going beyond just these walls into a preschool for the community and life-wise. But we want to take a Sunday, this is super important, to take a Sunday to talk about the 30% we spend and half of our hours. What are we trying to do? What does that look like? What do you need to hear? And Maybe the Holy Spirit will use this time to speak into your life and say, hey, you've been sitting on the bench Here's a place that the church desperately needs. And actually, you want to talk about an evangelism tool? 86% of Christ followers come to Christ before the age of 14. You can be a key part of helping mold and shape their uh, understanding of who Jesus is and help them come to a committed place with Jesus. And so part of how we want to do this this morning is we want Janae to come up and share and uh, I'll tell you what, as she comes, can we just take a moment and express our appreciation for Janae? <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal, and only keeps getting better. Uh, we're blessed. And uh, actually, this video we want to show you, you're going to understand even uh, through the video, and she didn't put this together, she didn't have anything to do with this, but her impact and our impact in our kids' life. Live here in three, two, one, Sage. Um, can you say hi for everybody? Hi, guys. Miss Kaylee, Maya Bressler. Hey, we are now live with the great Mr. Ryan Bishop. And we are live with Grace Meyer. Hey, Miriam Bourne, would you please tell the church why was kids' ministry so important to you? Well, it gave my wheels a little spin, just gave me getting really ready to go. I have enjoyed 
doing Hosanna, signing Hosanna and then doing it in front of the church. It would be me getting baptized. That is when God entered my heart. It is when I fully learned that, not fully, but that is when I learned that God, that God came in to my life. It's got me ready for all the different things that we were going to learn in high school and all the different lessons that we learned really just set a good foundation for what we've learned so far in N2 students. Why was kids ministry so important to you growing up? Because um, it, it based my foundation on Christ and it helped me go deeper into the books. We would like every week we would have this book or something and we would like sit around in a circle and she would tell us a story and we could ask whatever questions we wanted to. Well I did Bible quizzing so um, I loved Bible quizzing. We did, we went through books so um, and we went deeper into the books and then we go quiz and we got to meet lots of other kids from different churches. Can, can you think of a teacher at church who has made an impact on your life? Miss Janae, she's always happy and smiling, and I really enjoy her classes. It would be Miss Janae. She has not only taught so like well and kindly, she's done it. She's done such a good job. She's always greeting us, and she's always answering questions that we have, and it's just so helpful. Like somebody, like a teacher. Yeah. Miss Janae. Do you have a favorite class? that you've enjoyed the most, such as quizzing or missions, Sunday school, Wednesday nights? Um, it would be Rob and Terry's class. They do, I like it because they have fun teaching, teaching us, we have fun learning, uh, we learn by having fun, and it's just awesome. My, I first came and I was in Mr. Rob and Ms. Terry's group. They just, they helped me learn more and they, we had a bigger Sunday school and I made more relationships and more friends and I didn't, they weren't really anybody else at our old church when we came in and they just, they helped. Um, well, of all the teachers, of course, but um, the ones that I liked the most were probably Robin Terry. Robin Terry's pool parties were really, that was a really fun one. Like he shot off the bottle rockets and just, uh, food was great and yeah, those were really fun. Went deeper into the books a little more when Mr. Rob and Ms. Terry's group, and even though it wasn't too deep, they were still understanding with any questions, even some of them might have been a little ridiculous and things like that, and they just took them and they understood them and they helped us. Because um, they understood us, they fully took us pool parties and stuff like that, and um, we just had a lot of fun. I enjoy Mr. and Rob's and Miss Terry's class. Yeah, and why do you enjoy their class so much? Because it's really fun and I have learned a lot. Now that you're in high school, would you say that kids' ministry helped form you to where you are at now? Oh yeah, because in high school class, um, we go deeper into the books, okay. and so we learn the more basic stuff in the kids' ministry, and then we go into high school class, and they go much deeper than you would in the kids, because you understand more. It, even the tiniest things that I learn in now junior high or the high school room, the tiniest things I learn from the kids' ministries. Do you think that you would be as far an N2 students if you did not have kids' ministry? Not by a long shot. I would have been so far behind all the other kids and would have had a lot of catching up to do if it wasn't for kids' ministry.
So, I'm Janae, um, and when we were first starting all of this and deciding that I was going to be able to come up here with Pastor Chip on a Sunday and um, take a week to be able to talk about kids' ministry, um, he, he mentioned to me that, that we'll go through four different questions, right, and that he would ask me four different questions, and the first being like what he already started to answer is why is this ministry valuable? I think that... <laughs> I think that showed it. Um, so the, but he, he also did a great job of just starting it off and say, like, why do we value kids' ministry as a church? Why do we put um, forth money into it in the budget every year? And why do we have a separate space for ministry to be able to happen with kids? Um, why do we ask people to, to give of their time? And their energy to, to spend with the kids and to teach the kids and to help out with the kids. And, um, I mean, for me, it all comes back to, like, that's our future. That's, that's, our, that's our church over there. And the importance of just having an age-appropriate class for your child, for my kids, to be able to go to and to be able to grow up in and to be able to experience church, that, that is where... That is where they connect. That is where they find community. That is where they build their community. So when they go to school and when they go to different places, that's, that's their life group, right? That is where they start understanding the Bible. That is super difficult for even us to sometimes understand a little bit more at their level. That's where they start to understand why is this so important? Why is, why is this guy named Jesus somebody that should be a part of my life? And that's where it happens is within their own classes, within their own, um, their own areas, again, that are just age-appropriate for them to help them understand who Jesus is, why is he important, why do we see him all throughout Scripture, even before he was born, what's this all about? That's where it all starts. Um, and I think, too, just even going back to our, um, you know, we're... What are our core values of worship, connect, and serve, right? They get to experience all of that stuff over there as well. I already mentioned that that's where they get to connect. They start learning what service looks like because they see you over there spending your time, giving your energy. They see mom or dad or grandma or grandpa. Hey, they, they were my teacher. They, they got to come and they, they invested in my life. They remember that. You see that. And so, um, again, just just... This is where they start to learn the core values that we have set as a church. And just for you to understand that it's not just for us over here to see those core values and to be able to live those core values out. But it starts over there as well. Yeah, can I just take a sideline here? How many of you in the room remember one of your Sunday school teachers? Absolutely. Indelible impact. Indelible. Like... And in their lives, I saw more than what they were teaching. I saw love and kindness. I saw them get up back in my day, right? Like in the church I grew up in. If you were a Sunday school teacher, that meant like 52 weeks a year. Every Sunday, same time. I mean, like huge commitment, right? And I was impacted. I saw that these people's love for Christ motivated them to love me and serve. Good. So what happens in the ministry? Help, help, under, help us understand what it looks like, what, what we're trying to achieve. So with kids' ministry, um, 
If you, if you ever visit the nursery or are even in the kids' building next door, you see at the top of the ramp hallway these words that says, we exist to help kids build a foundation of knowing, worshiping, and loving Jesus. And so through those three things, the goal really of kids' ministry is to make disciples to then be disciples, that they can then in turn be, make more disciples. And we do all of that through trying to build up that foundation, like you heard Grace talk about, that really that the foundation of just knowing a little bit and experience Jesus a little bit at this level that then you can continue to build on it as you get older and as you grow. And um, yeah, and so one of the, th- one of the verses that we, that we keep coming back to a lot, especially just even in my, in my classroom, so I teach um, elementary. That is where I spend the majority of my time, grades um, one through five, more so this year it'll be grades one through four, but I teach them on Wednesday nights and then I also teach um, during the 10.30 hour. And I'll pop in the other classes as well. But that's, that's the majority of um, where I spend my time on Sunday mornings is with them. And so one of the verses that we come back to a lot is a verse that appears. We see it in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 10, um, where it's a lawyer that comes to Jesus and is talking with Jesus. But then we also see it back in the book of Mark, also where um, a scribe is asking Jesus, you know, what, what's the greatest commandment? And it's this, he, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we just spent our whole summer talking about loving our neighbor, but that, the whole first part of that verse of love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. Those are, the, those are a lot of the key things that, that we try to hone in on, right, that we try to, that we try to gather in on. Um, we, I explain it like this with the kids a lot, is that especially when we're talking over the Ten Commandments, um, we want to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and then love, your other, love others as yourself, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. So it makes a cross, up and down, and then side to side, right? But then also in breaking those down, loving God with our heart, well, what does that look like? It's connecting with God through worship. We do a time of worship with the kids. Um, where we turn on some songs and they get to dance and they get to sing and a lot of times it's fun and we get to do the worm and different things too. But um, it's it's just that starting, not me. But, but why why, why do we starting. stop dancing when we come over here? I don't. This is y'all's game. Mine okay. is over there. We're dancing over there, so I don't know what's going on over here. Um, but yeah, so that's the heart piece, right? Connecting with God through worship and then soul, going to God in prayer. And, uh, you know, we, we do highs and lows or we do like you got prayer requests and, and what's praises, what's good things that happened this week. Um, and then just also helping them to, to start listening in and to learn how to find the Holy Spirit and to listen in on the Holy Spirit and what that looks like, what, what happens with that. And then with their mind, right? Understanding God's word and the big picture, so one of the curriculums that we go through during the 1030 service on Sunday mornings is the Gospel Project. And you heard Ben talk last week about LifeWise and that that's the same curriculum that actually LifeWise use, uses. Gospel Project is, um, they actually adapted their, their curriculum to be able to fit LifeWise and by adding the character traits and different things. But Gospel Project is what we use next door. And the reason why I love it so much is that we started at the very beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. And now we're, we are into um, the New Testament and we're going over Jesus' parables. Um, but every single story, at the end of every single story, there's a Christ connection. There's a point that point, there's a part that points all of the kids 
back to Jesus. You know why creation matters? Well, look, it was pointing to Jesus. Do you know why David beat Goliath? Well, look, it's pointing back to Jesus. And so there's always that portion in there where the kids um, understand that, like, look, this was God's plan. This was God's story all throughout. And if you think, I mean, look at what he did over how many years and how, he's always, how all of these pieces have fit together so perfectly. It's hard to believe that he doesn't have a plan for your life, right? And so it's just helping the kids to understand that, like, do you, do you see all of this? And do you understand how even from the very beginning, before Jesus was even on earth, there was Jesus. This, is, this was God's picture. And so, um, but, yeah, so it's going through the gospel message. And if they've heard me say it once, they've heard it a lot and will continue to hear it even more. But, you know, we've got, we've got five basic, basic points we talk all the time about how kids are sponges and how they really they soak up things, right? They're watching, they're listening, and you think that maybe they didn't hear something, and then they go and they repeat it, and you're like, oh, they heard that and they remembered it, right? So they're sponges, and especially with repetition. So the more that you continue to say something, the more that they gravitate towards it. And so um, this comes out in catechism. We have, we have catechism options available, which really that works best at home. Um, we try to reiterate it here, but again, you're only coming once a week, so really that would work out even better at home. But that's even as a way that, like, when somebody, when somebody comes up to them or either a kid at school or whatever it may be, and they say, like, well, who's Jesus or why is Jesus, you know, that they can just give out those answers. It was like last week when they were talking with LifeWise about what part of the Bible is true, and you could just hear that they, they answer right away all of it, right? Um, in the same way, we have just a five-point gospel message for each of the kids, and it just goes through just explaining to them every single time that God rules, we sinned, God provided, Jesus gives, and we respond. And that through that, you see the whole outline of the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. Why does it all matter? Because look at God's sovereignty. He rules over this whole thing, right? And then yeah, we came in and we messed it up. And so all of these different things are just woven into the curriculum that we use, um, the different, yeah, the different teaching styles and um, all of that. And then the last one, strength, sorry. Um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Just helping them to understand that, like, hey, what are you good at? Oh, you're good at basketball? You really enjoy basketball? Oh, you like to cheer? Oh, you like to do this? Well, how can you use that for Jesus? What can you do now? What can you do within your own strength that you can share Jesus with others? You don't like, you like art? Ooh, cool. How can you use art then to share Jesus with others, right? So it's just helping them to understand, like, let's keep taking it further then. Now, how can you go and, and show Jesus to others? It's a great, a great snapshot of what we're trying to teach. I, I'm interested uh, and maybe, uh, again, reiterating also that what happens is, in this ministry is community mm. is formed. Is it not like kids together here um, become a community that they uh, share that outside of Sunday morning uh, and in an increasingly secular world, that's super important for them to already be making community with with fellow believers, right? Oh, absolutely. And then, and then also on top of that, you know, then they have a hard week at school or something, and they come to Wednesday night to where um, maybe I go to Liberty Center, but I have a really good friend at church who goes to Pettisville, and I know that I'm going to be able to see them. And, like, just that encouragement of, like, okay, we can band back together, right? Like, I've got somebody else who believes in Jesus like me and is trying to follow Jesus like I am. And, yeah, like you said, this is, this is their connection. This is how they connect. This is their community, that, that they start building. So, 
It's 10 o'clock. I love this because she talks more than I do. So, like, you have a deeper appreciation for me. No, I'm teasing. But uh, just the last two points in the next couple minutes. If you wanted to explain, when does it take place? Help them just kind of a framework for the structure. So this is a quick one, quicker. Um, so we have, we have Sunday morning classes at 9 a.m. and at 10.30. So 9 a.m. we've got from the nursery all the way up through 4th, 5th, 6th grade. That get, starts getting into N2 stuff. But we really have individual classes to break down both at 9 o'clock and at 10.30, um, both of which are different curriculums, right? They go over, they're, they're different stories. So kids that are here all morning because maybe um, mom and dad are serving one service and then they sit in service the next or because they attend a Sunday school class one service and whatever the case may be, um, they're, they're getting a different things each hour. So 9 and 10.30 and then we have Wednesday nights that will start up here that run with the school year. Um, same kind of classes offered, and then we've got a lot of special events like Upward, Vacation Bible School, and our Easter extravaganza. Yeah. So why, what, when, how, how does this ministry succeed? I, I've tried to talk a little bit about that. Um, this is not a throw money at it ministry. It's just not. <laughs> Unless you want to throw a whole lot of money at us, and we'll just hire three more Janae's. It's really not, but even then, that wouldn't be the best model. Because again, the value of the transfer of faith is much bigger than paid staff in a church. It's your influence. It's your time and energy. And so, let's talk about how this succeeds. Um, <laughs> with people. Um, you saw even the, percentage, the percentages of, you know, it takes 48% of our volunteer hours to be able to to make that happen, and so, um, yeah, and it just takes, even, even just serving once a month, one service time a month, that should just be an hour, <laughs> or a little bit over, <laughs> right? Are we, are we advertising it that way, because we probably, <laughs> well, guess what, you can go back now to an hour. That, so. no. Oh, man. That, um, that's 12 hours a year, right? So that's half of a day. But then even going a step further, you serve twice a month. Maybe it's, maybe it's with the preschoolers one time, and then it's with um, elementary a second time. You know, you serve two, two services or two service times out of the month, and that's only 24 hours. Guess what? There's 365 days in a year, so you have 364 more days filled with hours that you can do what you want to do. I'm just asking for 24 of them. <laughs> and I think just by doing that, so this is, I'm a visual person. I don't like numbers. Um, but this would be, this is my hope. This is the breakdown of my hope. We are growing, which is fantastic. It is awesome. It is, it is so cool to be able to see the organized chaos that is the kids' building. Um, and to hear how much fun comes out of there. But, but with that being said, we're outgrowing our rooms. And so I really value just quality teaching time, right? I just don't want to put a ton more kids into a room and then try to make a room bigger and then just call it good, right? No, we, we need quality. We need, that, we need that Bible piece. And to be able to do that, dividing up our classes would be, the best, would be the best scenario and the best option to do that. So my hope is we've got our nursery, we've got our toddler room, kind of ramping back up again. Um, but really where I'm going from here is I want a three-year-old room and a four-year-old room and a five-year-old room and then a room with just kindergartners. And then we have our first and second grade and then we have our third through fifth grade, which is at 9 a.m. 
And then at 1030, it's all the same thing, except we had Bible quizzing and we combined some of our elementary classes. But the green up here represents what I have covered to make those classes possible. The green represents what I have covered right now on just one Sunday out of the month. So you multiply that by four, and that's what I've got. But then you also look at the red, and the red is still where we have holes. The red is still spots that are not filled. So times that maybe those classes can't be offered because I don't have somebody there to be able to invest in the kids and to be able to sit down and teach with the kids. Again, times four, because this is just the snapshot of one week. So not only do we have that on Sunday, but then even our Wednesday night, our Wednesday night even still, it, it, it takes people, and it, um, there's even still holes there. So again, like I, this is one, and then you multiply it by four, and then, hey, there we go. We got a nice little rotation. But again, it just it starts, it starts with people. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, it was amazing reviewing again this week for myself the amount of volunteer hours in a year from kids' ministry. Um, it's over 2,000 combined volunteer hours if you go at an hour. Um, it's over 2,000 hours. And so, um, you know, James says this. Be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. For those that hear the word and don't do it, deceive themselves. They're like a man who looks in a mirror and walks away and forgets what they saw. And so the, the emphasis of this month, if you're new here, you're probably like, what are they doing up there? I thought one guy preached. We do that. But we want to be a church that also is, well, we want to be a church that's not also, that does the work. And we think it's valuable to take four Sundays and just talk about ministries. To once again uh, invade your headspace if you're not involved. And say, hey, why? Why? I could have unbelievable purpose. I could be a part of keeping that number at 86%. I could, be, I could play a role in the kingdom that is priceless. And if you're wired for kids, this Sunday was developed to give you an on-ramp for how to use your gift, your talents, your abilities, and your resources. Can I pray with you? Our Father, thank you, Lord, for the heartbeat of this church, the mindset of our founders and the people through the 50-plus years. And Lord, we want to continue to be faithful in our time. And Lord, one of the, one of the signs of a healthy church is a preoccupation, a, a, a intentional focus on seeing our kids learn about you, grow in the word, create good foundations. Thank you, Lord, for Janae, for Lois, and for all our kids' volunteers. Bless them, Lord, I pray. Help them to see that although this does not pay really anything here, the value of what they do is eternal. And it's beyond what any salary could pay here. So Lord, 
continue to move us forward in this area in our church. Bless it, I pray. Speak to those who could be an instrumental part of helping kids find Jesus and loving Jesus. I pray that you would do this in the strong name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 10.30 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.